Well, good evening, friends, and welcome. It is great to be together uh, as we celebrate uh, Christmas and the birth of our Lord and Saviour. I'm going to spend just a few minutes uh, thinking about uh, those words that we just read. Uh, I should introduce myself. My name's John Thorpe. I'm the Senior Minister here. So if I haven't met you, then a particular welcome to you. But let me pray, uh, and then let's uh, look at this passage together. Uh, Dear Lord, we just thank you uh, for the joy of coming together Uh, to celebrate the birth of your son. And I pray as we uh, look at this passage tonight that you might speak to each of us where we're at. Amen. Well, you have probably guessed at this stage, I hope, uh, that our theme for the year is joy. Uh, But it's one of those words uh, that is hard to define. Uh, and perhaps even even harder to adequately describe. It doesn't seem to matter how eloquent your words are. Uh, it doesn't quite capture uh, the true feeling of joy. We know it when we feel it, uh, but it is difficult to describe. Uh, it definitely connects with our emotions, uh, but it's deeper than being happy. You know, I'm happy when I eat chocolate, uh, which means I'm happy a lot. Uh, I'm happy when I go surfing. Uh, But I wouldn't say I'm joyful. Uh, I think that would be a bit of an overstatement. Uh, And in our increasingly uh, individualistic culture, uh, we've often made joy all about us. And so we hear this message, you know, find the thing that brings you joy and do it more and more. I think ultimately uh, joy is our response to events that affirm and secure our most fundamental human needs. Uh, Things like our need to love and be loved, uh, our need for meaning and purpose, and our need for security. I think, but at the same time, our joy has become increasingly elusive. Uh, We want it, we're looking for it. I think we often uh, accept happiness as kind of a a reasonable substitute for it. But that's kind of like accepting spam uh, instead of, uh, you know, ham off the bone for Christmas Day. I don't know if you've ever done spam. Uh, I used to do a lot of bushwalking. Let me tell you, when you're exhausted and in the middle of nowhere, uh, spam is still average. (laughs) But sometimes that's what we do. You know, we accept, we compromise, we take the good instead of the best. Uh, Joy isn't exclusively a Christian emotion, Uh, but at Christmas we are reminded that our deepest joy comes when we experience being who we are and who we we are created to be before God. Uh, And we were created to have a relationship with God. And that's where Jesus comes in. Uh, The birth of Jesus was announced with these words, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. I want to pick up just three words from those verses that I think help us to understand why Christmas is good news and why joy is the right response. So those three words are Messiah, Saviour, and Lord. Uh, so starting with Messiah, Messiah simply means the anointed one, in particular in the Bible, the anointed one from God. And all the way through the Old Testament of, of part of the Bible, uh, we read how God has promised 
this Messiah, uh, someone who would come from the family line of King David, and this anointed one was going to then save Israel. Uh, so if we read in the Old, Old Testament, we'll read verses like Isaiah 9, which says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And Israel have waited a long time for that promise to be fulfilled. Uh, when Jesus arrives at that stage, they are a vassal state, uh, a tiny part of the Roman Empire. Uh, they've lost their national identity. They've lost their political freedom. Uh, and from their perspective, there is absolutely no hope of things ever changing. It has always been this way, and it looks like it will continue to always be this way. But in the events of Christmas, uh, we see those Old Testament promises being fulfilled. Yeah, can you imagine living in an occupied country? Yeah, imagine living uh, in, a, in France during World War II, uh, occupied by Germany. Uh, and then imagine hearing over the wireless that uh, the war was on, on the brink of ending. Uh, and then that a liberation force was coming. And then can you imagine that day uh, that that force arrived? Uh, this picture was taken uh, from uh, the liberation of Paris. Uh, and the emotion on that day and the days after must have just been absolutely euphoric. But if you can imagine that, uh, then that's the anticipation for Israel. And you can imagine how they feel when they hear this news about a, a saviour. Uh, but with Jesus coming, there's more at stake than simply the liberation of a nation. You know, as Christians, uh, we are constantly talking about Jesus as saviour. Uh, but that only has any meaning uh, if you recognise that you need to be saved from something. You know, if you're down at the beach and you get caught in a rip, uh, if you don't realise you've got a problem, uh, then you're really not going to be looking around for a solution. And it can be the same with us. So if our tendency is to be uh, more atheistic in our outlook of life, uh, then we would say, well, there is no God. Uh, there is no one to whom I owe my allegiance. Uh, there is no consequence for my action uh, beyond uh, the law of the land. And therefore, any talk about saving uh, is meaningless. Uh, for others, they might recognise there is a God, uh, but God is loving and kind and patient, and therefore it really doesn't matter what I do, because uh, God will accept me just the way I am. Why would God punish me simply for me being me? Uh, for others, their self-perception is that they are fundamentally good, and so they're entitled to good things from God. Uh, and all of those responses... Uh, allow us to keep sort of living the way we want to live, uh, largely ignoring God, but sort of relieving perhaps some of the anxiety and guilt uh, that we might experience if we actually thought there was a problem. Uh, but in the end, they, they all end up being sort of a false sense of security. It's peace, peace, when there is no peace. Uh, but if we're genuinely followers of Jesus... 
uh, then we look at life through a very different lens. Uh, And it starts by recognising that actually we're bad. Uh, So this is how the Bible puts it. Uh, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Or from the Psalms, for trouble without number surround me, my sins have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head and my heart fails within me. Or from the New Testament, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. You know, at this point, uh, you know, we've been talking, you know, we're advertising joy as our theme for the evening, uh, but you're probably feeling a little ripped off. There hasn't been a lot of joy so far uh, in, this, in this talk. Uh, it's a bit of false advertising. Uh, but it's only when we start to recognise that there's a problem uh, that we also see a good solution. Uh, the good news of Christmas is that we are bad, Uh, but that we are also loved and that God is acting to restore our relationship with him. And we remember Jesus as a vulnerable baby in a manger. That's the big picture that we get at Christmas. And it's an appropriate picture because it captures uh, his humanity, uh, that he has shared in what it's like to be human. Uh, He's shared in our happiness and our joy. Uh, But he's also shared in our sorrow and pain and suffering. And as he shares in our humanity, he's also qualified to be our substitute. And so he shares in the consequences of our sin. Uh, So often in life we demand justice if someone does the wrong thing by us. Uh, We want them to feel the same consequences Uh, and the same pain that they caused us. Uh, But when we do the wrong thing, well, that's completely different. Uh, Then we want mercy. Uh, And when we look at what Jesus does in his life and then his death, we see both. Because at the cross, we see the justice of God poured out on his son as he suffers the consequences for our sin. You know, we might not think our sin is that serious. We might think that we're pretty good people. Uh, but certainly, God sees our sin as serious. And when we look at the bloody events of the cross, uh, it reminds us of how serious it is. Uh, but in that moment, we also see mercy. He suffers the death we deserve so we can have a life that we don't deserve. And the result is an opportunity to restore our relationship with God. You know, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you've had a profoundly broken relationship with someone and you know that it's your fault. Uh, And when you're in the depths of that, you cannot imagine uh, that relationship ever being reconciled. But it's something quite unique and something wonderful when it happens, isn't it? When you go to someone and you're seeking forgiveness, and they actually forgive you, despite everything you've done. Uh, That's what's on offer from God and our relationship with him. Yeah, everyone loves a good Christmas gift. Now, there's a sense of anticipation for tomorrow that there's going to be something decent under the tree and it's not just going to be socks and undies. Uh, Oh, it is funny. The older you get, the more you kind of like socks. (laughs) 
It's a little strange, but that's okay. Uh, but good gifts uh, are only good if you actually accept them. Uh, it's the same with forgiveness. Uh, God's offer of forgiveness is only of any use or value or comfort if we actually accept it. I think the catch sometimes is we quite like the idea as, of Jesus as saviour. Uh, we love the idea of forgiveness. Uh, but we're sometimes not quite so keen on the idea of Jesus the Lord. Uh, so we're torn. Uh, yeah, we wanted good things from God. Uh, but we also want those things that we perceive as good, but what God calls sin. Even when we see the negative impact of sin on our lives, we often feel that we need it. So we cling to it because we feel it satisfies other needs, like our desire to feel loved and our desire to feel successful or perhaps our desire to feel free. Uh, or perhaps our sin helps us to escape our loneliness. What we don't see is that God's offer is a better way to satisfy those needs. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. Uh, that's not a punishment. Uh, it's about aligning who we are with who God has created us to be. And God's word becomes a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. It shows us a better way to live, which is in relationship with the God who created us. And that then overflows into how we relate with one another. You know, joy is hard to define uh, and it's perhaps even harder to adequately describe. Uh, but when we get to the point of seeing the whole picture of who Jesus is and what he has done, uh, then we understand uh, the joy that God is offering. Uh, it's a joy that connects with our heart and mind and soul. Uh, it is an emotion in the moment, but it's not a fleeting moment. Uh, we are sinful, but we are loved. We deserve God's anger, but we receive mercy. We've been given life now, and we are given life for eternity. And it all starts with a child in a manger, in a nobody town called Bethlehem. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Amen.